The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My favorite is when you realize you're making a funny, <laughs> like, halfway through the first syllable. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it, guys. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and this week I'm joined by fellow Baffle Gabbers, Ian Whittington. Where's Jonathan? And Danae Hughes. Still not fired! We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Yeah, Jonathan has been fired and is no longer with us. Big news. Uh, yeah, big news. No, Jonathan is traveling, and one of the nice things about having the four of us uh, is that we can give people weeks off. And so Jonathan has the week off uh, this week. So it'll just be the three of us uh, going over all the Sins world. Is everybody feeling okay? Everybody ready to go? No. Okay, well, then we'll go anyway. Good. Let's get into the Sins side <laughs> scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the stuff from the week, the process of sending the videos, how we felt about the shows, movies, commercials in general. Um, <clears throat> kicking it off in the commercial sins world with WeatherTech Super Bowl <laughs> spot or big game spot uh, is probably the best way to say it. Uh, Jeremy Scott doing this one, bringing this one to us. What did you guys think, Ian? I don't know what this commercial is advertising. I can't remember. It's it's like uh, I think they just so dumb. deck out cars in protective gear or something. Yeah, it's to protect cars against the weather with like floor mats and seat protectors. Okay. And the sin was I can get this shit anywhere. <laughs> that was <pretty laughs> funny. It was one of my favorites. I actually thought it was car insurance. It's not. No, no, it really isn't. So they just put stuff on your car to make it more comfortable or safer. Have no, it's not. I, I don't think it's either. I don't think it's about mm -hmm. comfort or or it, it's mostly about like. Protecting the floorboards from further oh, so damage. It's exclusively the base of the car. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And mud flaps. Yeah. That's so niche. Yeah. It's very niche. It's basically they're like, okay, we're going to be the go-to for like when you want to protect your baby, your investment. You know, like you're going to go to WeatherTech because we're going to be part of it. It's like we're only protect your baby's foot. <laughs> the rest of the baby can get lost. We, we're only interested in the toes. I mean, I think they focus on at least the the stuff they're focusing on is the main stuff that you know yeah. gets damaged, like where people put their feet and you know put their butts and where the tires kick know. stuff up. And... I, f I feel like the bit that you drive into the tree is the bit that is going to get damaged the most. Like that Which means... is why the actual car companies should. You yes. know, protect those parts. But yes. oh, okay, don't leave yeah. it to someone else. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. the video was funny, um, <laughs> <laughs> much better than the actual commercial itself, as usual. Um, I really liked the ending, though. I'm ending your commercial with URL, but also adding the R trademark, like a dick. <laughs> yeah. Just Chris's delivery is is so great on some of these things. It is. It is. Uh, Danae, what about you? I like this commercial because I think I'm going to remember what it does, which is surprising. 
Just mm-hmm. me then. A lot of times at the end, you're like, I don't even know what this is for. But oddly, and maybe it's because we're sending them. So you're like paying attention more. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. WeatherTech makes no sense, though, as a company name. But I'm going to envision the helicopter and the repelling people and throwing in. And I'm like, okay, what is this going to be? What's it going to be? The anticipation is building. It's a floor mat. Yay. So I yeah. think I might actually remember. Ask me in a year. We'll see if it works. Yeah. Uh, I really like the sin. I like to imagine his wife responding like with all the the stuff on the. He he comes into the house and he's like, oh, "Our equipment's here." And the sin is like, I would like to imagine that my uh, his wife is responding the way that mine would, which is, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys mentioned most of the stuff that I would mention. I too, unlike Ian, uh, was pretty clear on on what was going on here and will remember it. And that's not always the case. Interesting. Um, Sign of a good commercial. I also think the name is fine. It's in technology to help your car be protected from the weather. But Um, who has weather inside the car? Well, I mean, you know, uh, convertible owners. (laughs) Who's keeping the tub? Then floor mats aren't going to help But weather also means when something is like run down, like weathered, right? But not the way they spell yeah well, it? i don't know i don't i no, mean i think it's when you weather the, like it's the same the storm yeah i think it's yeah. the same i think it's it spelled the, the same? same okay that's probably quite clever also yeah. also but there was like speaking of convertible the sin is just like weather check is an ultimate protection for your vehicle and then our response is unless you have a garage <laughs> <laughs> so good it's so good um big but, garage just getting but yeah who paid for the helicopter and the swat team uh it's it's a good question and i mm-hmm. need to know uh, all right, let's move into TV sins. We'll kick it off with the book of Boba Fett. In fact, we'll only be talking about the book of <laughs> Boba Fett. Exclusively. Uh, the final two episodes did them back to back. From the Desert Comes a Stranger is well, where we will start. This was a Hughes Watkins script. So Jonathan and Danae writing on this one. Uh, Danae, how was your experience on this one? What are some fun stories? Fun stories, Boba Fett. <laughs> two things that do not <laughs> two, go together. Two things that have never been heard in the no. same sentence before. This episode was like, okay, so are we we going full Western? Is this character the Western guy, like the rootin' tootin' cowboy? Mm-hmm. Cobb Vanth. He's so handsome, by the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But like, is is he going to be a character that... Is this where we're going? Okay, maybe we're going. Because remember, I skipped over the episodes that included the Mandalorian. So I went in my watching experience directly to this one and mm-hmm. didn't even realize that there was an entire episode for Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out, oh, okay, so we're like, are we saving the small cities? Is that what this is about? And then, of course, when we get to the finale, it's like, what is the point of this show? I still mm-hmm. confuse it. But this one, we're really like leaning more into the spice again, which has been mentioned. But now the Root and Tootin' Cowboy stops the spice thing from happening, and then he gets killed. And then there's this new bad guy that's introduced. Mm-hmm. It was just confusing. I just watched Dune as well. So it was really <laughs> kind of like, all right. What are we dooning here? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is when you realize you're making a funny, like halfway through the first syllable. I'm doing it, it, guys. (laughs) So I was really hyper aware of a lot of the similarities with spice and the desert landscape and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I had been hearing you guys frustratedly talking about how had been the Mandalorian. So having not watched it, uh, like the eraser sound, like fixing the beginning one, mm-hmm. things like that was like me playing off of what you guys are talking about since 
I also didn't review them before doing this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so yeah, it was like a it was a weird one for me. There was some fun stuff in there. I don't. I I was surprised to see that we were going Grogu, and I was it was really interesting to see uh, Luke, young Luke, yeah. like more mm-hmm. predominant. I I I know that the technology is a little it's a little bit off putting, but it's still so impressive when you it's consider so impressive. the alternatives. Oh, it's so like, good. It really is so good, and it's like uh, when when I was reviewing this one, or rather when I was writing on it, um, Justin walked in and was like, what are you watching? Because he hadn't seen it yet. And he was really impressed with what he was looking at. Because like, oh my God, what which Star Trek is this? Or so, yeah. you know, like, it's like, no, this is Star out. Wars. <laughs> um, which Star Wars is this? And he, I had to kind of like, well, do you want me to spoil something for you? Or, oh no, no, I'll walk away. So I didn't even get a chance to tell him. And then he eventually watched it. Mm-hmm. I was really, really impressed with it. I love seeing Grogu and Luke together. That was a really fun thing. Although I don't, and we send this, of course, but forcing people to watch their story continued in Boba Fett feels wrong to me in mm-hmm. a way. <laughs> so hopefully they'll read some sort of internet blog and realize that they can just hop over and kind of see, you know, the continuation mm-hmm. of Grogu's story and the choice that he has to make, you know, which is frogs, of course. Yeah. Of um, course. Always yeah, frogs. It was interesting. You try to kind of hit the stuff that needs to be sinned on the show while still having a good time because you're seeing content that you technically are in. Like, I I love, I like Star Wars um, and I have a good time in that universe whenever I'm allowed to. But Boba Fett's just throwing so much at me. I don't know where I'm supposed to land and enjoy myself. So when mm-hmm. we hit back into that Mandalorian feel and I'm like with Grogu, I was like, yeah, 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 this is fun. Uh, although how it's got to be confusing for him. Like the frog buffet. How is he going to get anything else from seeing all these frogs around him, except for like he's hungry. Yeah. So if Luke, it just feels like in this one, Luke is just dangling these carrots of chaos in mm-hmm. front of him. Rather, maybe he's doing it on purpose. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it was an it was an interesting one. I I uh, I hope everybody had a good laugh. Oh my goodness, the video is hilarious. Um, just to to jump off of a few things you were talking about, the the Luke part of this is so interesting to me because it is clearly. For me, this episode marks an absolute demarcation in the history of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like that, what they are doing with Luke here is really—it's not our first experience with deep fakes or mm-hmm. you know youngifying people or any of that kind of stuff. But the way they're incorporating into the show is absolutely groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, it was so well done because there's there are certain times when you know that the voice actor is like. Um, whether it was actually ha- Hamill or not, I don't know. It was not. There was a, no, I mean, there was, was a couple it, different people listed. It was deep faked, kind of like yeah. his voice with others. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and when he had more complex things to say, they would very cleverly like just be showing his leg or something. Mm-hmm. Like yes. they used the cinematography to mask some of the limitations of the technology, but it all together created this really beautiful scene that you can completely appreciate uh you know maybe they could only move his head in certain directions or they could only have him mouth in certain ways and so they just played to those strengths really well and when they knew that they couldn't nail it they kind of backed the camera off or they switched the angle enough that i was just fascinated i was fascinated by it yeah and it's and it's the future i I, it's genuinely one of those things where it's like okay now all performers will perform for eternity they, yeah. And yeah. at whatever age you want them to, in whatever way you want them to, mm-hmm. like it's, we will be there very shortly where 
it, it will be even harder for a new actor to break yeah. in uh-huh. because it's like, well, we're just going to put Harrison Ford in this. It, for, 27-year-old Harrison Ford <laughs> yeah. is perfect for this role, you know, or whatever. And so, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. But um, Or I, you're going to have franchises that are going to utilize young, like think about what Marvel is doing. They're bringing mm-hmm. in like a young Hawkeye um, mm-hmm. and they have her on film from a young age. And if they mm-hmm. follow her and they let her age as a character, they can still use that footage from mm-hmm. when she was younger, even the children. There's just so much there that they can then pull from. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And they don't even have to pull from that footage from the shows because mm-hmm. actors now are getting full 8K digital body scans as part of their, you know, acting resume. Yeah. So they have all this stuff already mm-hmm available um i think i think mostly like just the words if they're going to use the same voice technology and stuff so it's really it's really interesting and seeing it on screen with a character that we want to visit again so badly because luke is such a huge like archetype Mm -hmm. i feel especially in the sci-fi you know universe he's just this epic character that so many people recognize and have an emotion towards so to be able to see him younger and in a time period where we never got a chance to kind of peek into that it's just so fascinating to me it's surprising that it's in boba fett it feels odd (laughs) but i'm glad that i got to see it at the same time and that's the other part that i wanted to jump off of is this episode more than any other episode of the season is all over the place with who it's in like ahsoka shows up and luke's there training grogu and cobb vanth space marshal is there Mm -hmm. and like it's and don't get me wrong, I, you know, Timothy Oliphant is always going to be uh, fun to have around, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, what is this show? Like, what mm-hmm. are we doing yeah. here? Um, yeah, there's not really, you know what it feels like? It's like, what is, what is the, what is Boba's purpose here? Yeah. Yeah. And even in the finale, it's like, oh, are they trying to tell us what he's been trying to do this whole time? Because it doesn't seem like they really pull that off as a believable like last stand they're trying to go for like godfather meets the magnificent seven right like where like crime lord stuff combined with putting the gang together to you know beat the bad guys or whatever get the gang together you never really do you never really do um you kind of do but there are so many pieces you know with the vespa gang in the Mm -hmm. you know in ted you know like there's just there's there's lots of different pieces um this was hilarious uh some of the stuff i i like i had to mention force feeding a child yes uh <laughs> pure beauty and genius uh we now interrupt this episode of jedi training academy interrupting this episode of the mandalorian <laughs> interrupting this episode of boba fett for an episode of cop fan space marshal uh and i had to mention i'll give every sim back in my entire channel if this guy says twinkleberry blue howdy 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 <laughs> uh i did want to note about that one in the narrator notes it's written as tinkleberry blue oh, is it? and i didn't i wasn't sure i went with twinkleberry because that was what was in the written in the uh-huh. column in the sin column oh, but um but You're if welcome you meant, for making that confusing. If you meant Tinkleberry, I apologize. Twinkle, um, Twinkleberry is what I wanted. Tinkle okay. is great. Okay, nice. good, good. And howdy, course, howdy, howdy. Frogs, he chooses frogs. Uh, it's such a great ending. Ian, what about you? Um, it's, yeah, it's like a series of Star Wars shorts that are mashed together into yeah. episode six. Yeah. And I, I love this period of Luke's life that we never, ever, ever got to see. Like... For sure. me, this is where Luke is really exciting because he hasn't got the the burdens of fighting an evil empire and he's comfortable with who he is 
and we never see that. We see like the underdog and then getting trained and then mm-hmm. he's like fighting against his father, but we don't get to see him be a Jedi and raise a new new class of Jedi's. He's kind of a terrible Jedi master though. Yes. <laughs> completely. He's, he's kind of not good at his job he, yet. He really shouldn't give Grogu the choice no. either. <laughs> you no. are a Jedi. Like we it never works out well. There's two of us and we need you because you're like Yoda. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um but it's great and I can't it it must be a reaction to how poorly done the CGI was at the end of Mandalorian season two. Like the Luke that we saw there was not just Uncanny Valley, it was bad video game. Uncanny, this isn't who you think it is. I don't is. remember it being that bad, but yeah. I don't uh, either. It was gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being pretty gross. But this was so exciting because I, you do almost forget that it's it's deepfake and it's CGI and you just enjoy it. And I, I didn't realise how normal it would feel to just see mm-hmm. Luke yeah. walking around and have a new... Like, you could have a movie of him, like, I'm telling you, it's it the future. So it's going to happen. There's no stopping it. Yeah, I, I loved it. And the, the Cobb Vamp stuff, the Cad Bane stuff is really fun. It's just a different show. Mm-hmm. It's not even Mandalorian now. <laughs> it's it's almost like test the water for different spinoffs. But yeah. they kill off I mean, in fairness, both of those people. Vanth was in the Mandalorian before this episode. Yeah, like, just the yeah. one episode. Yeah. Because he had the, the Boba Fett armor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just baffling to me, and I'm really sad he dies because he's cool. I want that show. He's he's so great. Um, in terms of the sins, yeah, that the frog thing absolutely. Got, the answer is frogs. Always frogs. Always frogs. Um, and I think you mentioned everything else. Um, yeah. So the lead-in was I didn't expect to see you here, and the narrator was just like, well, I didn't expect to see any of you people here. <laughs> it's such a great turn. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, we can move into the finale then, and uh-huh. I guess I'll I'll start here, and I will send it to you, uh, Danae, since this was a Hughes Whittington script. By the way, Danae, what's it feel to to write on everything, everything. for the week? Uh, yeah, I've been busy. Uh, so <laughs> sometimes it just happens that way. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, actually, both of you wrote on this. This mm-hmm. was a, a Hughes Whittington script, and it's amazing. But I will start with you mentioning it was sad to see Cobb Vanth die because mm-hmm. that's the tag to the finale is that Cobb Vanth is not dead. And I don't know if you didn't see that, didn't know that, or he's the one in the back-to-tank at the end, is Cobb Vanth. Wait, what? Right? The back-to-tank in the the, the scene, the post credit scene, Cobb Vanth is healing in the back-to-tank. Oh, I didn't watch the post credit scene. <laughs> I probably should have seen that. Danae, did you see that? Nope. Nope? <laughs> Great! Sure wow. didn't. Cool. Um, yeah, so I I'm wanted to mention that, back. but yeah. But Good. Why, don't you, why don't you start us off with some of your thoughts uh, on the process on this one? Well, I don't watch the credits um, <laughs> of any TV show, so that's great. That's interesting. I thought it was... No, it wasn't Ted, because Ted is... No, that's Ted's the fine. point. Ted's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, because he faked Ted his injury. very confused. Wookiees can take a ton of damage Ted, today, yeah. I learned. Yeah. Ton yeah. of blast bolts. My God. Yeah. Um... No, it was, um, so there's a different spin on these videos now, because we know that they're going to be part of a potentially season-long video at some point in Mm -hmm. the future, perhaps, maybe, or maybe not. So it's kind of weird knowing that this is the finale to a very long video at some point in the future. So I think we ended it really well, though. Um, Just jump straight to the Mickey Mouse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah which was just this brilliant man's brilliant mind well i can i can talk a little bit about that because it was it was funny uh the the sin is great and the sin is about you know this hooded dark figure that's mm. supposed to be mickey mouse or whatever and in my brain as i'm reading the sin and doing the narration 
my brain goes, it'd be really funny for you to do a Mickey Mouse <laughs> laugh at the end. And so I did. And then I was like, oh, I can do that better. And I spent like five or 10 minutes trying to do a better <laughs> Mickey Mouse laugh and never got there. So it's that was so great. that was literally the first take of of that, that scene. It's so, so, yeah. so sinister. It's great. I yeah. love it. Um, but overall, the finale's dumb. This is one of the dumbest finales to a show that I've ever seen. And this is a dumb show. Like, this plan is so contrived. Mm -hmm. It's so... It, this is this entire series is a 90-minute movie stretched into a mini-series with a couple of episodes of Mandalorian chucked in. Yeah. It's... We have to have this big battle at the end, but somehow Fennec thinks that having one Wookiee, two pigmen, and some teenagers means that all of the possible entries are covered and they are completely mm. safe and secure mm. and they're arrogant enough to think that they have a gentleman's agreement with the the other gotras that they're That's not gonna wild. get in yeah it's so dumb they deserve everything they get it's just it's i don't know if it was trying to be epic but it isn't even close and it's mm -hmm. it's great to see bobber and mando team up but imagine yeah. if i don't know I, he could have mando could have just turned up and it would have been just as impactful for me um I don't know. I hated it so much, Aaron. It's so bad. I just in the the townsfolk showing up is supposed to be this big moment, and it's like just not it's like seven There's of them. Seven of them exactly <laughs> on a really crappy tank. That and it's like the whole point of the episode is like just wait, they're coming. I believe they're gonna. It's like you think it's gonna be like a Braveheart thing where they yeah. all come up over the you know thing. It's like. Hi guys! Like the end of the two towers, but it's just it's we, we, not. We we brought our Volkswagen van. <laughs> Can we help? It's so dumb. It's it's just dumb. Danae, what about you? It, it, it does uh -huh. the thing that, you know, I think it's supposed to do where there's explosions and chaos and mm -hmm. there's concern for blowing up a city that they then destroy with the monster at the end. And I, I think it's giving you things that you're like, yeah, here's a, it's like a space battle. This is what we've been waiting for. But when there were so much else happening previously that's just i don't know everything felt really loose to me mm -hmm. um i think boba has just found out kind of he finds out that the he murdered a whole bunch of people needlessly in this episode as well yeah, yeah. and honestly that just served as a reminder that i think that the stuff with the tribe was my most favorite part of this series was like boba learning how to be yeah boba like the, mm -hmm. his skill set and his motivations and we also got to see this really unique uh peek into the sand people tribe that we hadn't i hadn't seen before and it kind of gave them like history and interest and intrigue and it made it made me be like oh i've just been sort of like disinterested in this whole group mm -hmm. but here we get to kind of see this their uh their fascinating way it's brutal and and then it's just over and then there's like this seven other things that happen and six other shows that start and then they kind of like <laughs> casually mention that they died for by at the, by the hands of the other gotras i guess and then there's this sort of like feel i think we're supposed to feel of um the manager or the, or the what was the guy's name that which one um it's not the manager the guy of the city oh the mayor the, the mayor yeah. yeah we go visit him again at the end you know they get killed and we send that um i think that was supposed to feel bigger than it was too like the meeting of the minds mm -hmm. but it didn't feel dangerous mm -mm. because there's so many other things happening so i think ultimately this is really bad um 
but it does the stuff that you hope it does. I was really, really thankful. We um we have a an, another writer that was writing on this script who had um a lot of Star Wars experience too, and there were things that they pointed out that I would have totally missed. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was really glad to be able to hit on that are you know even in the comments. Um, the Wookiee being in the Trandoshan you know district, for example, the last place he should be. Last yeah. place. These are things I wouldn't know. And so the conversation between, you know, Ian um, and the other writer were really fascinating for me because it was like, oh, okay, there's some, uh, not only is there bad storytelling happening here, there's really strange decisions that they're making for their own universe. And kind of had to I really, be deliberate, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a weird choice. Well, and I like how you pointed out some of the things with like, just the strangeness of the machines and why were their shields not up and why are they waiting to shoot? And it's just all this mm. contrived cliche stuff. Uh, and it made it, it made a very easy, <laughs> made yeah. a very easy script to, to sin. There was just a lot that we could go on. There was still some fun things. We got to do like the captain Morganing, like synchronized captain <laughs> Morgan stance. Um, this has some of my favorite outtakes in it, which was really happy to see uh, the love for in the chat. Um, so yeah, this was just a, it was a really fun one to put together. And then, you know, uh, when we were reviewing it, the three of us just cracking up laughing was a delight. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> so. is a ridiculous finale. And I think I've put my finger on why the, the, the finale doesn't connect. Because this whole thing has been about Boba freeing Tatooine, essentially, mm-hmm. and giving it back to the people. But other than the mods, we never see the people. We never see yeah. the people that are struggling. We never connect with them. So when the people that are oppressing them get killed, we're like, great for Boba, but we don't really like him either. So, and, and the mods are just irritating. So cool, the mods get to live a great life, but mm-hmm. they're kind of obnoxious. We never see the people on the ground that are actually Bob is apparently supposed to be fighting for. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, yeah, uh, I, I loved this uh, episode uh, of TV Sins. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think this this show is a mess and is indicated uh, as such by the finale. Yeah. Um, I just, it has too many things to do. And I think it wants the Fennec moment at the end to be something really special and interesting and I think I kind of know what it's going for. Like it, it, she is supposed to be like this unrequested, uh, you know, yin to his yang where Mm. she's like, you know, killing people. And even though he's like, no, let's not do that. Let's lead with grace, you know? Um, but it just, it doesn't work because there's too much else going on. The rancor moment is supposed to be this big thing, but logically none of it really makes sense. Let's protect um, the city by destroying it. Yeah, and also why? Just the idea that when they were ready to hole up, they didn't go back to back to the palace. To the palace is just—it's such a wild choice. It's such a weird choice. Um, I had to mention after they say uh, the Mandalorian, the roll commercial sin, <laughs> and then I said what I said. Uh, beautiful. I meant it. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and then all this panic and worry from the civilians, except for this lady who is all for this chaos. Uh, it's so great. She's so happy. To <laughs> she's be just there. so happy, having so much fun. Uh, and then Jet Pack. So annoying. Yeah. So in the entire season, use the damn Jet Pack. Just use it. You've got it. Uh, we're um, going back and we're sending um, some Mandalorian episodes. I don't mind saying it. I'm just gonna say it and just spoil it. Just spoil yeah, it. I, get it out. I'm just gonna. I'm, 
but there there's a sin that I got to add into that one, uh, the episode that has all of the Mandalorians on it, <laughs> because it's just like he goes, "I don't gotta get me one of those," and my son was like, "Well, you're not gonna use it <laughs> based on <laughs> it's based on watching this," and that's, that's just amazing. a really it's a really funny like. I have perspective on that now. Yeah. I can confidently send this. Well, so. Why bother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then two sins off for the most adorable force hug in the galaxy. Hundred oh. percent agree. That was an amazing moment. As crazy so as it cute. was that it was in this show. Jesus. Why yeah. is it here? It was still yeah. amazing. It it's was crazy. still amazing. I did. I did think that there was a uh, Ian really wanted to craft a the final sin for not just the series, but mm. if we do that season recap, like something that kind of, because it does feel a little bit uh, like a lot of pressure when we put those together and you want, you want there to be a level of consistency across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a great way to end it, which is, you know, like y- you're forcing Mandalorian fans to watch this piece of shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without saying it quite like that. Um, mm. And then kind of like looping in the dark mouse. Um, it was a really great way to kind of, to end the confusion and yeah but we hit pretty much everything you know we hit dark saber and spice mm-hmm. and dead people and why yep. that's just, just in saber. general why that dark saber i don't get it how can it be so incredible and yet so fundamentally useless mm, yes welcome to plot mechanics yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> really powerful until the plot yeah. doesn't need it to be yeah i think yeah. ultimately boba fett is something that i would recommend people read a blog about and they yeah. watch it just for the Mandalorian bits because there's not enough of Boba Fett in there to to me mm-hmm. to even satisfy like the long term fans. But I'm still glad that they're they're trying stuff. I mean, good for them for trying it and, yeah. and putting something out that they're just like, let's try this out and see how it goes. Because you have to sometimes just follow your instinct. And even if people don't receive it well, it's still Star Wars and it's still a lot of fun. There's still a the lot of visuals part. that are fun to look at and fun to watch. Yeah. And- What's wild is you really, really can watch episode five, five, six, and seven of this on its own and appreciate it. And it's a good little bottle three party. You can get enough mm-hmm. context about why they're fighting. So just watch that and then go into Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Because you're going to need to. Yeah. No, I, major plot points are in this. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely going to need it. That's just, that's, it's going to be so weird when the new season of Mandalorian yeah. premieres, how they're going to, because it'll have to be like, previously on it's going to be the mandalorian and on. boba fett or will they just say previously on the mandalorian and show scenes from boba fett or like it might yeah it might just be a big previously on the star wars <laughs> just all, starts bringing in like episode four right, from right, the, yeah. the movies yeah Pre- previously on our own shit <laughs> previously. i am your father no we know that bit no that we know god previously on disney plus yes um all right let's move into cinema sins we will start with uh, by the way both cinema sins uh this week our Atkinson Hughes scripts. So Chris and Danae providing the cinema sinning for the week. The first one we'll do is Dora in the Lost City of Gold. Uh, Danae, tell us about this movie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, I do want to say just, I mean, I think that most of the BTS fans at this point know, I didn't write all of this in the same week. Sometimes I'm our schedule. <laughs> and you did, you did everything last week. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> Sometimes the schedule just kind of shifts around and stuff. So this mm-hmm. this makes it look like I was just like on fire. And there have been some really, really intense writing weeks. That's true. But um, 
I just want, I felt like maybe people will be like worried or something. No, no, no. We've said it before on BTS. If we're on every script, it's because we're the hardest workers in the world. If we're not on any script, it's because the schedule gets weird and changes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, I love being assigned movies like this because I can just watch them and, and have a good time. I'm not like watching something super heavy. Um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy this, but I super liked several parts of it, which Yay! was a surprise to me. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and I enjoyed reading the comments, too, where a lot of people are like, I wanted this movie ready to hate it. And I actually kind of enjoyed myself and <laughs> just all the different varieties of essentially that comment of people like myself. So there's something really, really charming about the actor that plays Dora. She's so interesting to me that sort of relentless optimism and self-awareness at Mm. the same time because they didn't make her clueless about her optimism they made it a choice for her which was really interesting because there's a couple of scenes uh with her cousin or just with people in general where she's kind of defending her her thought process and Mm -hmm. her her way and her intellect um is there on display but it's you can mistake this character's intellect for childishness or something because of just how Dora is as mm-hmm. a character. But when you make her into a real person, it's a, it was just really interesting the few times that I, you kind of actually saw a glimpse into, I'm really smart, I'm very aware, I also choose to be this happy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really clever, um, purposeful decision because I can kind of relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. So... um. However, she should be dead. (laughs) So much dead. So many times. So many deads. And in a movie like this where they're taking a kid's show and they're turning it into a live action adventure, there is this fine line of like, okay, but what's actually real and what's not? And at first I'm watching it thinking this is firmly planted into our reality and then a fucking fox shows up and steals a map and they interact with it. So it's just a very like, what's actually, what is actually happening? Like what mm-hmm. world are we in? So then the question becomes like, at what levels are you suspending your disbelief, belief, any of that? Like, where's my line? Can Dora hop across crocodiles and outrun an angry herd of elephants in this universe? Yeah, I guess so. If she also can survive the falls that she's purposefully taking. And also there is this fox that shouldn't really be real. Um, Then you add in the how are we going to get this child and her inexperienced children friend to survive in the jungle to retrieve this map that shouldn't have even been there in the first place and really wasn't all that needed. And it's just fun to pick that stuff apart while also trying to have a good time, of course. Mm -hmm. So um the movie, the things that bothered me about this is sometimes they would like set something up in their universe and then they would immediately like undo it. And one of the big was the one of the biggest complaints for me was that they were the, the family, Dora, her parents, they're, you know, these explorers or whatever. And they have this sort of moral line about not stealing treasure. But in the first 10 minutes of the movie, they steal treasure. <laughs> so it just like stuff like that is a bother to me because mm-hmm. then it's. I don't know what they're or the biggest, maybe the biggest one for me is this idea that they've raised this child, this brilliant child, this educated child who's 
has a lot to offer in her world and they think that she's incomplete because she hasn't gone to a school in LA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a really hard one for me to believe and they force us to do it. And it's fun to see a fish out of water experience. Those are, those can be really, really fun movies because we're a fish out of water in a way. So it kind of gives us a different way to relate to this incredibly uh, childlike, optimistic, wide-eyed person. However, the family dynamics, the the purpose of why they're going to this temple and all that stuff, they just I don't think that they did the best job setting that up. Um, but it was a really fun one to experience. So yeah. um I got to send some things that I don't know that I would have been able to send before having a kid, which was kind of fun too, like how pristine their clothing was the entire <laughs> time really bothered me, not just in the beginning, but like throughout the whole thing. They were like yeah. looking good. Um, so that was uh kind of a fun one um to go uh to go and i think i think if i remember chris is the one that said that the clothes are made of boogers yeah. <laughs> like, 90% he, boogers. he kind of took he like took my stuff and kind of tweaked it i always love uh working with chris for that uh for that reason um i think i pretty much covered everything except for poo shovel yeah that was a bold conversation wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um, I think this movie is kind of good. Uh, it's, it's, it's really fun. fun. It's, it's very self-aware, which when you're going to do a movie mm-hmm. like this, I think you have to do. Um, and, uh, and I, I rather enjoyed it. I agree, uh, that the actor at the center of it is really good. Uh, her name is great. Her name is Isabella Marced. Uh, if, in case you want to look her up, uh, she does a great job. There's moments like where she does the Dora thing and breaks the fourth wall and the people around her, like. <laughs> what is going what on here uh-huh. like that it's willing to take those things semi-seriously for jokes i think is is really fun um the video itself is amazing uh i really loved the the survived this montage yes. that we did um thank you that was a lot of fun i like when we can put a little twist on those kind of things yeah we try to do things in different ways right like sometimes it's like oh is this a bonus round or is like what what can we do here do we just have Dora survives this like 15 times in one script and then it was like well let's just go ahead and do it and get it out of the way and the choice to sort of preview all these other moments Mm -hmm. that (laughs) we considered to be a survive this thing that was Mm -hmm. really that was just a different kind of approach to it it did feel fun because it's kind of like we almost went out of order which we don't normally right uh, play with that format yeah yeah it, yeah pulled from things that were going to be later and i like yeah. it when we can do that that kind of thing uh i really appreciated the observation about dora would probably be instantly popular with at least 33 yeah. percent of this school but this movie is going to make it seem like nobody likes her because she's super unusual it's like she's all that without the glasses um oh that was chris's observation and yeah. a really really good one yeah, yeah I, I love that kind of stuff because to me, there's there's this really beautiful, I know it annoys some people, but there's this really beautiful thing we can do in these videos where we can intersperse like truth that's Life worth lessons. thinking yes. about, <laughs> yes. you know, amongst mm-hmm. all the absolute trolly jokes uh-huh. and, and who we are. Um, and I know that annoys some people, and I, I'm I'm sorry that you can't find more joy in your life. But this, <laughs> but, but, for, but that makes for, us critics. <laughs> yeah, apparently it does. But for for us, it's really fun to we see it in a bit like stand up comedy, and you'll see that same kind of thing in stand up yeah. comedy. They'll make jokes, they'll be over the top, they'll exaggerate things, and then they'll just kind of 
put a little truth in there yes. and you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And I, I just like, because movies do this thing mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, oh, they're such an outcast and it doesn't have to be that way. So it yeah. plays into the fear of being new and it plays into the fear mm-hmm. of not having friends. And I like that Dora wasn't altered by that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like she, at one point in time, her, her cousin takes the headband off and says, I'm doing this for your own good and for mm-hmm. mine as well. And like fluffs and she, up her hair. It's yeah, so and like creepy. tries to it yeah. And I mean obviously I'm triggered watching it like, <laughs> dude, really? But then she's just like puts it back on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's like it becomes a she kind of gets to be the symbol to uh, anyone who is relating to that outcast character uh, outcast character of sort of just moving beyond it, which instead of like getting really caught up in where do I belong, she's just like I'm myself. Mm-hmm. She's sort of unapologetic that way and I really liked that character. Yeah. Ian, what about you? Um yeah, that's, this could have drifted so closely into, oh, I must be more normal and I must conform. And then mm-hmm. in the finale, maybe get back to, no, I'm happy with who I am. But yeah. by that point, you've spent most of the movie with a character trying to change who they are. So I'm so, so glad that they, from the Sims video, it looks like she's stuck with it. Because I have not seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And this falls into the same bucket as Surf's Up. Of right. Products and... Um, uh, IPs that were ruined for me by Toys R Us. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. This was a period where Dora the Explorer was really, really big. And we didn't have any of the Dora films playing at the, at the time. But on the little, there was these little tiny TV screens that were in with the products. And they would just play the same, get this Dora Mobile trailer over and over again. So I don't know that I could sit through a full Dora film. Although yeah. I, I loved that it was a bit self-referential and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, who is she talking to when yeah. she starts randomly speaking she's in Spanish? She's both like in her own world mm. and also changing the world at the same time. There's this hilarious scene where she's at the dance and she does the most awkward dance that like I've ever seen. And I assume it was from the show. And that's the other thing that the movie does really well is it's mm. obviously referencing a lot of the show, mm-hmm. but it's not like too much that you can't follow like she does this peacock dance thing that is just ridiculousness and it's adorable and it loved it (laughs) it's great because that works on a couple of levels because you've got like like dora is like 20 years old at this point so the kids that watched it growing up will be young adults watching this film Mm -hmm. so they'll get the nods but also the parents that were forced to watch it have got something to latch on to now Mm -hmm. as well with the little oh i remember that backpack and that map and that stupid fox um but on the fox that was confusing to me like this is the funny thing about watching the sins videos and not watching the whole film is wait the the fox can everybody see the fox can boba fett yeah. see the fox <laughs> mm-hmm. like, so confusing it suddenly turned into a part animation thing yeah. as well yeah. and all of the drugs were taken they actually they got high didn't they and I'm sure. Turned into a I'm sure yes yeah. yes i'm sure that's exactly what it was yeah that's really confusing um, but no, the video was great. Um, and I still don't think I'll watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't spell adorable without Dora. Quite right. Otherwise, Quite it's right. just Abel. Uh, which is also Which is also fine. okay, yeah. apparently. Uh, I did also want to mention Michael Pena. I love Michael Pena. He's I think great. He, anytime He's he shows up, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's move into Romancing the Stone. Uh, heading back to, I think, the 1984. 80s. 1984. I think it was 84. It yeah, was indeed. Somewhere in the mid-80s, for sure. Um, I was not allowed to watch this movie. 
Uh, oh. I was eight years old when it came out, and it was too saucy. I can saucy. see why. Too saucy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you open into the nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Picture. true. How would sexy, I sexy lady parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is kind of one of those classic Indiana Jones type movies um, from the eighties. Much like the previous film we just talked about. <laughs> Much like Dora. <laughs> uh, this again an Atkinson Hughes script. So Danae, why don't you uh, kick us off with some thoughts? My mom and dad liked this movie, and I remember parts of it. I remember the sliding down the hill. I remember the snake because that mm-hmm. scared the fuck out of me when I was mm-hmm. a little one. Um, but that was pretty much oh oh, and I remember her the heels of her shoes being chopped off very vividly. So it was such a strange thing to get to that part of the movie and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, like why was I so excited about that? <laughs> yeah. I saw it when I was really little, and I thought that was a really cool thing. You know, like okay, so if I'm ever in the jungle, <laughs> I guess I can chop my heels off That's to survive. Um, and I think there's another movie that stars the same cast called jewel of the nile or something is it the same is cast right? in jewel of the nile or is it just a very similar movie um I think i'll look it's it up the same people i want to say it's the same people but it is. my mom and it is okay my mom yes. and dad watched that one as well and i yeah, think that that's the one confusing. where there's a snake like in a big pool or something mm-hmm. that was super scary and my mom is terrified of snakes so my memory of this one early on is really really interesting watching it as an adult i man, my mind goes in like 16 places all at once first of all wow music has changed so much mm-hmm. in filmmaking um it's it's incredible how music can really set the tone mm-hmm. for what you're watching and that the music <laughs> Of the 1980s was just so. Uh, it's brave. wild. Yeah. It was so brave. It was it's... so like confident in itself. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know how to describe it. But anyhow, um, in this one, I, I'm i also looking at a lens of like a, a, a woman lead and how they're kind of playing around with this woman in the lead and how little she has to do in this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. and the mistakes that she makes and the way that, uh, the way that she's rescued. Um, it was a very strange film. I was actually considering f- sinning that I never saw them eat food uh, because like she <laughs> opened up her refrigerator and it was just entirely empty. So we only see her like drink alcohol <laughs> this entire movie. Um, just really weird, like little subtle things like that. Um, and I got to kind of point out, the moment when she turns and she's going to go through the jungle at the end and finally get to Cartagena and they just cut away. <laughs> like we would, how did she do that on her own? Are we just skipping over? And when you think about this character, she lives in New York in a really nice apartment all on her own. She's an incredibly successful author, but they just sort of like, you know, and they put her in another fish out of water experience. Obviously, how does she know how to survive in the jungle? She's going to need help. It's so it makes sense that she's like really out of her element. But they and they wink and not a little bit to her being, you know, getting sick when she even goes shopping and things like that. So maybe she's just scared of everything. Um, but it didn't it didn't go too far into a lot of the cliches, like not enough to really trigger me too much. And I kind of got to hit on a couple of them. And so did Chris, like when he uh, Jack is it Jack. Mm-hmm. No. Yes. Yeah. I think it when is Jack. Jack. Yeah. Jack and Joan. When um, Jack blames her for like coming up to the big gorge and he's like lady you're a jinx and the sin is like he boldly screams at her 
after he confidently led the way this entire time. So there's like little things we could kind of jab at the kind of the way that it was designed. But it to me, it wasn't too offensive. Like the entire film wasn't too offensive. This is, you know, somebody getting lost in the jungle and having to save her sister. And it's a a, a romance, Western uh, adventure, treasure, mystery mm-hmm. movie. Exactly right. And that was really interesting, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we kind of got to sin like, oh, now this has turned into a Rambo film. Um, something you guys won't know is I actually did a bonus round for this one where I counted up every single gunshot in this entire movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, and when we put it together, we were in a pretty big rush at the time. And so we didn't have a chance to go in and refine it. Um, and so as it was, it just didn't work. Um, as a bonus my, round yeah, yeah in my head if it would have like if we would have had maybe like another chance to sort of go in for round two of it but it was 420 estimated gunshots wow um and the question really became does somebody want to hear that and my that's question fair. is yeah that's actually my question is how why do we need to hear so much fucking gunfire in this movie it's just everywhere it's like it's like like, oh my god what am i watching right now just gunfire everywhere willy-nilly like there's so many bullets bullets are endless they don't even ever like really reload their guns it's just Mm -hmm. constant bullets um and i found that to be a little bit shocking we did a Mm -hmm. uh a bonus round on walking dead one of the first walking dead videos of all the the gunshots and we did it like a video game in the instead of like the coin ding it was mm-hmm. like how in video games are like on fire amazing oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. triple kill yeah That's i loved I um chris kind of points out at the very beginning like this isn't a romance novel it's a country song and that yes. was so funny to me uh because it just there's so there's so much like little it's such an interesting film i didn't mind it too much um i would watch it again it's not it's nothing that was like painful it's just a simple it's just a like a simple wild one that definitely falls apart if you start asking questions i have no idea what this movie is i've never seen it i it's one of those films that's in pop culture so when i saw romancing the stone on the schedule i was like i'm aware of that but it could have been peach dragon for all i knew (laughs) like i had I was expecting something about a, magical a weird stone. name for Pete's dragon, but <laughs> sure, why not? But what's it? Never ending story is what I was expecting for mm, some reason. Mm. I wasn't expecting. I can see that. There's, there could be a fantasy element to yeah. romancing the stone. Yeah, I was sure. convinced this was a fantasy film, but it, it is not. It is Michael Douglas and um, it is him being very sweaty and Indiana Jonesy and <laughs> yeah. um, stony. Um, yeah, that was, it was interesting. I still don't really I, know what happens in the film. Okay, so let me let me do like a little bit of a quick synopsis for you. So Please, thank Joan you. is a novelist. Yep. She's a romance novelist and she's single. And she, I think the idea is that she has this idea in her head of like a guy that she's interested in. And it's kind of the lead character of her books that she's been writing. And she writes these, you know, Western mm-hmm. um, style like save the girl sort of vibe Mm -hmm. although she has a strong female lead as well in her books so her her sister lives in mexico and um essentially she gets like something in the mail which is a as a a map and she's basically found out that her sister's husband was murdered and chopped up and her sister is like trying to like get back home or something um, before he died, 
the brother-in-law sent Joan this map. Mm-hmm. And so the sister calls up and she's like, did you get something in the mail? Uh, because I have been captured by these people and you need to bring this map to us to save me. And rather than just send it in the mail, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so she travels there to deliver this map so that she can save her sister. Um, and then along the way, she meets this guy, Jack, who kind of has that adventure, fills that sort of role of like this guy. So she starts to like his company and he starts to like her company as well. They mm-hmm. decide to find the treasure rather than give it the map to the bad guys. They decide mm-hmm. to go and get the treasure first. And the so they guys? do that for themselves as collateral, just in case do they kind of complicate the story a little bit? So there bit. was no time limit on saving the person. They did, but they were happened to be in the same area that was on the map. So they're like, we're already here. Let's <laughs> so just go. So the guys like- gave them a big enough window to get the treasure and not just take the map. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. So there's the bad guys and then there's the super bad guys. And then okay. so there's like two kind of factions that are coming at this. And, and then they all get together at the end. And then there's like this big battle and... He um, jumps into the water to go after the alligator that ate the gem that they found at the treasure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she goes back home. And Mm -hmm. then the end of the movie is him coming with like nice clothes and this boat that he's always wanted and like comes to collect her because he obviously found the gem because he's wearing the boots of the dead animal, Mm -hmm. uh, the the alligator. And that's that's how it ends. So (laughs) two things. This feels like Indiana Jones mixed with Pretty Woman. Okay, yeah. And it also describes Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Almost exactly. <laughs> I don't know which film we just watched. I just don't remember Dora wearing Swiper as boots. Oh, uh, man, she should have done. That would just little, little fur boot. Of course, Boots is actually a character in uh, Dora yes. the Explorer. Yeah, it is. So it is. Mm-hmm. That would have been weird. Um, yeah, cool. I still don't get the film, but I love the Sims video. Um, it's not often you get a gerrymandering sin. Uh-huh. <laughs> gerrymandering takes us in your spare time. It was incredible. Um, of course, I love the Sub Rosa reference as well with all of the candling. and. I only know about that because of the Captain's Pod podcast. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so I loved hearing that. Um, I know you want to mention this as well, Danae. I can't hurt my pig, but fuck this chicken. Fuck it right up. <laughs> That poor chicken yes. just gets eaten by the tire. It was so uncomfortable to watch. Once I realized that they just rolled over a chicken, I was like, oh my God. Well, I don't think they realized. Like, I really don't no. think they thought that chicken was in the shot. So screw the cameraman or camera person for not saying, oh, chicken. Just, no, run <laughs> it down. Live animals just running around. Yeah. yeah. Um, prolapsing the stone was incredible and mm-hmm. yeah so begins the scene that turns this romance novel set in the jungle set in a western into a Rambo film which just apparently sums up the whole thing yes I love it into Cobb Vance Space Marshal <laughs> <laughs> yeah three three very similar bits of content covered this week yeah 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 right uh, I just watched this movie for the first time this year. Nice. Um, and it was not in relation to the sinning of the uh, movie. It was just on my, I'm in the middle of the 80s on my catch-up list. And uh, and so, yeah, I just happened to watch this one. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, you know, uh, you're never, well, I shouldn't say never. You're very rarely going to go wrong watching Michael Douglas. He is charisma on screen, just like he's, Fun to watch. Kathleen Turner is is great in this. Um, so you've got that going for it. And then it's just, you know, it's a little adventure story and it's got all the terrible things about the 80s in it, but it's also got a little <laughs> bit of fun in it too. So um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Are we forgetting the four now? What are you teaching your cat? What are you teaching your cat? Slayed me. Um, it's so shady. It's so so good. Uh, the pumpkin, 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 pumpkin. Four times in under a minute. For Gord's sake, uh, just beautiful. Uh, as we near the final moments of this film, I pause to ponder what the filmmakers were wanting me to feel in this moment. This shot is entirely blurry as she walks into the courtyard alone. Does this represent her life being out of focus? She's scared. She's unsure. She's manless. All of this must be reflected in the purposeful choice to not bring anything into focus for a full minute. <laughs> it cannot be laziest, laziness or oversight. It can't be. Nope. Uh, Jeremy's delivery on that was so good. Uh, I just wanted to mention it. Um, so there you go. That's Romancing the Stone. All right, let's move into the comment section. I, want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to pick a comment from the week's content in the various uh, places that you reach out, Discord, YouTube, Reddit, etc. Uh, who wants to go first? I think Ian's got a grin on his face <laughs> that says, I want to go first. Aaron, pick me. I have one that's just, it might be one of my favorite comments because I didn't know where it was going until the last line. Okay. And it was on Romancing the Stone. Um, a lovely individual called Maggie Stinnett who said, oh my God, I never thought you would do this film, but I'm so happy you did. My mum loves this movie and now I get to show her this and ruin it for her. <laughs> <laughs> comment they're gonna bond over oh no you're a horrible person <laughs> it's amazing uh in uh one of the uh boba videos uh andrew says my headcanon is that when luke presents grogu the choice of the male or the lightsaber grogu just immediately goes over to the male then luke starts pleading for him to think about it that or obi-wan shows up smacks him on the head and tells him about sith and absolutes um <laughs> It's a beautiful way to express what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, Danae, what about you? Uh, mine is also from Romance in Stone from John Lind, who says, excuse me, Jeremy, but cats don't have owners. They have staff. Get it right, please. Yes. Nice. Yes. And I really very enjoyed true. that. Very, very Jeremy true. Jeremy would know that very well. Uh, all right, let's move into nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. But we wouldn't want to nitpick. Right, Danny? Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more. Um, actually. Oops. What do you mean, oops? Missed it by that much. Am I just going to nitpick everyone until they leave me? Ian takes a look at some um actuallys from the comments, and we decide together if the commenter was green, yellow, or red, or maybe chartreuse. Uh, Ian, <laughs> what are the uh, nit nitpicks of the nitpickers today? Okay, so we have two this week. They are both unsurprisingly from Boba Fett, because I don't think anybody understands romancing the stone <laughs> enough to, to critique us on what we said. Right, Danae, you have watched enough Star Trek now. You have seen enough deflector shields, regular shields, portable communicator shields. A few people in the comments said that my sin on how the shields work on the big mech droid things was wrong. So I argued that it doesn't make sense that the Sarlacc, not the Sarlacc, the other thing, the other generic <laughs> the Star Wars thing, the Rancor, when it punches it, it seems to push the droid away. Like, I feel like it should either destroy the shield somehow or punch through it or just stop dead. It's weird that enough force was able to roll the droid away as if it is anchored to one point. Right, there's some sort of kinetic gel inside yeah. of it. Yeah. So some people argued that, well, maybe... 
I don't know what they're arguing still. I don't know how you argue against this, but they're saying that... Well, you could have actually just, like, read a comment of somebody arguing well, against it. hang on a minute. It. No, I do. Sorry. It, there was lots of difference. The droid doesn't move when the shield moves. Enough force would cause the shield to smash into the droid, causing more problems than the droid just being knocked around. So they're saying that the shield would move regardless and then damage the droid by collapsing in on the droid. Mm. How do you think shields should work, people? <laughs> I need help. Well, we are dealing with a fictional technology, and that does yes. make it difficult and probably inherently argumentative mm -hmm. uh, because it is fictional technology. It can work however the writer wants it to work. So mm -hmm. there could be a kinetic connection between the shield and the object that is projecting the shield Yeah. in, in the same way that if it were an actual physical, like one of those bubbles... Yeah, you, you know, stand in. If somebody hits that bubble, it's going to move you inside the bubble, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's, you know, you're holding on to the edges of the bubble or whatever. So yeah. there could be some sort of connection there. But um, but yeah, so it's probably argumentative. I'd probably go yellow on this one. Danae, what do you think? Sure. <laughs> right. uh, you know, everybody has an imagination. Right. And yeah. maybe it's been explained somewhere. But I liked this sin because it points out that there are questionable things to think about. Yes. And I like I like that. I think that it's important to look at content like this and go, how does the shield actually work? Mm -hmm. Because I hadn't thought about that before. If you're standing and you've got like a dome shield around you and someone's shooting it it's not like every time it shoots that you're going to move to the back of the shield you're just mm -hmm. in the shield and you can kind of yeah. like run around you probably shouldn't flinch so you wouldn't be flinching because you're in a shield but if the someone is able to push that back yeah at some point maybe inside of it you would move but the way that it looked on screen to me is that it moved based on the impact mm -hmm. which meant that somehow they were connected in which case it like it visually didn't seem to make sense to me. So I am going to go whatever color says that we're right. Okay. That, green. that would be green. Yeah. Wait, no, the comment is red. Correct. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one is a bit silly. Um, the sin was, why would you ever have a bipedal droid? Um, right. Especially on a sand planet. What's right. the, what's the point? Um, however, a gonk droid is a battery droid. He's bipedal because there are such thing as stairs. First of all, thank you for gendering my <laughs> droid. Second of all, what? You are so offended right now. I it's just, amazing. I don't, what does the fact that it's a battery droid have to do with it going upstairs? And how how its legs are not great for going upstairs. Mm -hmm, like, make mm -hmm. it hover. Like, we have the hover speeder bike things. I think uh, nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers today has turned into Ian getting defensive about his own sins. Yes! <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Well, everything else was great, but... <laughs> uh, no, you are absolutely correct. This comment uh, doesn't really touch on anything that would disprove uh, what the original uh, heart of the Sid was, which Good. is... Listen, guys, we're on a sand planet. Uh, you can invent your bipedal droids for other places, but this is not the, the best place for them. They can do so much. They, so yes. That's all. That's, that's all true. for this week. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I'm grouchy. All right. Uh, let's move into a new segment. Uh, we are getting ready to hand the reins over to Danae Hughes in a segment that I have tentatively titled until we come up with a better title, Nay Play. <laughs> what? Because it's Danae. Nay Play. Nice. Who puts her in charge? I did. There is no plan B. How did we get here? I should embrace the chaos. That makes no sense. I do what I want. I regret nothing. 
Listen, listen, listen. I want to unleash my chaos somewhere. That's right. I don't have my own podcast, so we're going to try it out here. Um, so today I, th- I had a lot of different ideas. I thought about randomly calling people and putting them on the spot. But, you know, that's just maybe something that I should record in advance just in case. Things <laughs> really You're terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually, could you hold on? I'm getting a phone call. And like, can you just on hold for like 20? 20- My dogs are part of the segment. Nice, nice. You're welcome. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, so today I thought I would just be like, you know what? What's something random I can do that just sort of like forces my fellow co-workers to oh, no. join me in my chaos a little nice. bit so i messaged chris this morning <laughs> oh, no. and uh, listen i ride this line of like i don't want to bother my bosses but at the same time i like to play um so what's a good way to start that so i just was like hey um can you please describe an animal in five words and i'm just gonna attempt to, to like guess what it is because oh, i thought that was okay. kind of like of an easy all right sort mm-hmm. of thing uh-huh. so today all i want to do is i just want to take you on a journey of the mind of uh, if Beautiful. i was to have my chaos unleashed yes yes let's go i love it okay so here's what happened he says brown well oh. actually hold on a second so that was at 10 11 i couldn't wait any longer um Hold on a second. Let me make sure I got this right. Oh, I sent him a message at 10.05. Okay. At close to, like, two minutes later, I was like, what if Chris doesn't respond? I'm also going to message Daniel. Nice. This is great. So I don't want to message Daniel the same question. I'm like, let's just ask him a totally different question, but still animal related. Mm -hmm. So I said, good morning. Uh, Please don't be concerned. Just answer this question. If uh, if you were to describe me as an animal, what would it oh, be? No. Oh, okay. All right. This is okay. a different question than you asked Chris. But still animal related. But animal so related, still, yes. Right, of course. So like, how, Dicer, how would you answer this question? Uh, if I were to describe Dan, you, you as an animal, what, what would it be? Or like, am I picking an animal or am I d- describing you as an animal? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know me. I've got a picture of it. Um, you know, I've got. I'm a chaotic cat. You're a chaotic cat. You're fur fur. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And do you agree with that? You're the fox from Dora the Explorer. Fuck you. Right? All right. <laughs> we don't know what reality Actually, yeah. she's in. Super super. <laughs> so this is like super putting Daniel on the spot because right. Daniel's new, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So he takes. Uh, a few minutes i'm starting to panic a little bit more so i'm like you know what i'm gonna message jeremy (laughs) this is perfect this is the best this is the best idea ever i love nay play already uh it's amazing but i'm like i also haven't followed the same rhythm right Right, like i need to do something because i can't ask the same question so i just message jeremy and i say quick name an animal (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile chris writes back oh chris chris says brown Oh, okay. All right. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, we got an answer. But Daniel also messages me back and he says, a quokka. A quokka? Quokka. Cool. I've never quokka. heard of a quokka Does it start before. with a K? Q-Q-U-O-K-K-A. Can, Can I look it up? We... Do you mind if I look it up? Uh, no, 100%. I think everyone... That is the most Daniel answer in the world. Q-U-O-K-K-A. Yeah, can you pull up a picture and put it on screen for everybody oh while I talk about this? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Adorable. <clears throat> are you ready for this? Yeah. What is a kawaka? A kawaka are friendly and approachable creatures. They're you. Uh, they're very used to tourists, so they have little fear of human contact, and they'll hop right up to people who are marveling at them. <laughs> it's you. This and is amazing. And then he goes on to say, "This is how visitors um uh po- and they po- oh they pose for selfies with the kawaka all the time. Look at this guy. This is a kawaka. <laughs> That's okay? so cute. 
And so I write this description back to Daniel while I get the next thing from Chris. So Chris says, pointy-eared. So look at the quokka, uh-huh, brown uh-huh. and pointy-eared. Uh-huh. And I was so like, far, oh so my good. God, so far so good. So I write to, to Daniel and I say, quokkas uh, are friendly, approachable. I give him all that information. And he responds with this two minutes later. I've also read that they bite people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, checks out. Still on target. Yeah. Still on target. Still on target. <laughs> That's great. Um, so they're they are marsupial. I believe they have a pocket. And Chris also says pocket next. And I was like, what is happening? That's wild that they were both in the marsupial town that's crazy meanwhile we still have jeremy on the line who i have messaged this crazy thing to quick i say name an animal and i write any animal will do i'm freaking out what if he says kangaroo what if he says quokka uh-huh he goes woodpecker which is fine (laughs) jeremy damn it it's fine so then of course the next thing to do is is there a kawaka woodpecker mashup online Mm. somewhere Mm -hmm. so this begins my google Mm -hmm. searching so the next things to happen while I'm waiting on Chris's next one, first of all, uh, there there isn't. No, that's not. Um, no. There, there isn't one. But there are a lot of hybrid woodpeckers. I did learn a little bit about hybrid woodpeckers. Nice. This is very much like keeping tabs all of a sudden. <laughs> um, uh, but then I thought, okay, so so in this segment, what would you want me to do? And I feel like the answer is to buy a kangaroo costume at this point because at this point, Chris... <laughs> Chris gets together and he says he gives the last ones. Uh, so his are brown pointy eared pocket and then jumpy is his last nice. one. Yes. So kuwakas yeah. are also jumpy. And I mm-hmm. thought, was it a kuwaka? And he said, I have never heard of this animal, but it looks <laughs> cute as hell. So he also was able to look it up. I, there aren't kuwaka costumes that I could find quickly, but there are a lot of varieties of kangaroo costumes. Mm. So that was something I was like, well, maybe I should buy a kuwaka costume. Kangaroo costume. A kawaka And then I thought, no, no, no. I'm going to look up and see if there's a kangaroo kawaka experience. And that's when I learned about Kangaroo Island, which most people know about. Um, but there is an entire like population of kangaroo on this island. And you can go there. Um, and like there's all these different regions. Uh, and you can explore this beautiful land and see kangaroos in the wild Amazing. which are very dangerous by the way um yeah they are uh, and also it looks like it takes a lot to get to this island so then it was like do i buy a ticket to kuaka koala island kangaroo or do i just <laughs> well, get and this is where kangaroo danae reveals costume. her backdrop is a painting and she is on that island now oh wow and that was the chaos of my search before we started our show today. Oh, that's amazing. We need that animal on the front of the front of a t-shirt oh, and then that goodness. definition on the back for you to wear it Sydney. Yeah. Like, there were some other questions. Are awesome. great. There were some questions that were like, you know, the most common questions of the quokka and I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. Here's a question that comes up regularly enough for Google to have it as a quick I guess search. It could be a quokka, <clears throat> maybe. Could be. Why do quokkas throw their babies? Yes, mm. I so just I got read to that. read about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. They throw their babies at predators so that they can get away. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's what I just read. I just yeah. read that. This this cute little animal just became a psychotic little evil piece of fur. That's amazing. It just says feeling like a bad parent. 
Fuckers toss, toss their babies to predators so they can escape. Yeet! <laughs> Anyways, that's the quokka, and I do feel like it might be my spirit animal. Um, so, man, quokkas. <laughs> Uh, uh, so that's the little segment for today. Thanks for joining me in my chaos. That is amazing. amazing. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, uh, feel free to mail it to us. P.O. Box 881 Republic, Missouri 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. He is at Wits End. W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E. <laughs> so for Ian Whittington, Danae Hughes, Twinkleberry Blue, and myself, we will see you next week. Boom. Oh, happy something day. <laughs> happy Jonathan's traveling day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. The time is 10.02. Current temperature, 44 degrees. And nobody's here! Okay. All right, Dicer and Ian. Guess I'm just gonna run the show. That's fine, that's fine. Or I could eat this donut. Hmm. Eat a donut, do a show. Eat a donut, do a show. Probably do a show, right? Check one, two, test one, two. Hey, that's me in the wave file. I made a dolphin. Hello. I did not make a dolphin. You did not make a dolphin. No. Okay. Nothing like a dolphin. Like a bantha. Yes. My wave file was like a bantha. No. Hey, Ian, you going to be okay? No. You going to be all right? No. <clears throat> Ian has been crushed to death by a light. He will be missed. My corpse very His bleeding out <laughs> husk of a body will be lit very well. Brown town. No, no brown town. Please, please notice Touch me. Touch me. I am Travis and I am important. Touch me. Touch me, baby. There's all what the he's... energy I have. <laughs> Danae is done. Oh, no. <laughs> Danae's input on the outtakes have finished. <laughs> she has completed her role. Hold me. Hold me. <laughs> I just think uh, Ian should have a mm-hmm. Ian, should, Ian should have a YouTube channel where he just yawns popular songs. <laughs> it's like the, the whole gimmick, yeah, is exactly. Yeah. Mm. style. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very convincing yawn. This is a legitimate experience. You yeah. can fake a yawn and it will become real. Like it's, you it's can weird fake how that so happens. many things, you know, <laughs> but do they become real? That's the question. But were they actually real or were they still, even... do they start fake and become real? Yeah. Or were they still fake even though they turn into a real yawn? Ooh, that's it's a great question. Still fake laugh, because you la- faked it. Right. Laughs can be like that. Yeah. You can start fake laughing and eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we had the video of Iris when she discovered her fake laugh? Oh yeah, she was going. That was fun. So it was so awkward. There's somebody on TikTok that can do a laugh without moving their face, 
and it's the creepiest damn thing. It's <laughs> do, do they keep a straight face? Completely straight. Like they almost look annoyed. <laughs> no, there's no mouth opening either. <laughs> it's gonna work great on the podcast. <laughs> Man, withholding is a legit parenting tactic that I hate. And Ooh. yet we we we've all probably experienced it and actually most parents have done it even mm. though they probably would hate that they've done it. It's such a weird thing where you're like you don't want your child to know that you feel good about them right now. They yeah. need to know that you're angry at them. Like they need to know like it's just such a normal human thing. Like I don't want to give you my love right now because I'm angry at you. Yeah, but if you raise them properly, they never make a mistake and you never have to do that, Aaron. <laughs> withholding definitely has a negative connotation because usually it's in reference to like long term withholding, you know, like and to get your way. Like selfish withholding is different than I'm having yeah. an emotional moment. Mm. Are we like, talking about taxes? <laughs> are, Wait, what? Are, are we? Are we? <laughs> I mean, withholding is used in tax yeah. terminology, but yeah, yeah. Suddenly, I'm just afraid of taxes again. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> yep, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, the government does that for us in England mostly. Mm, you don't have to do your own taxes. Nope. Not they just send you a message and like, here's here's what you get back or here's what you owe. Yeah, it comes about comes out each month. And then in like every April, they let you know if you've paid too much or too little. It's almost always too much and they give you a rebate. But it's only if you're self-employed that you have to um, file your own taxes. Oh. Do, do, does England have like um, things that you can cheat the system with? Like you can be like, oh, I spent this much on this. Um, and so Only if you're self-employed. Yeah. Are we really talking about taxes no, right yeah, now? I find this taxes. fascinating. But, cool. If you're but, self-employed, yeah. then yeah. So they will pay... Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Danae. We're done with the tax talk, Danae. <laughs> her, th- her thumbs have gotten really long. Yeah, you uh, put I, your I, thumbs in a weird place. Yeah, yeah. The thumbs seem to be in the middle of your hand now. The two <laughs> thumbs up was, was very strange. Two weeks and it's sin week. My sin body is ready. Week. It's going to be my first one. It's exciting. We leave a week from Monday. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we do. Wowzers. Two weeks we'll be in it. Definitely. To win it. Wait, do we get to win something? I mean, it is, it's all a competition. The love of the fans. Yeah, yeah. you didn't know about the competition yeah. at the end of Sin Week? Yeah. No. We, who, who has the most love yeah. from the CinemaSins fans? What if you've um, had to withhold that love? Because they've been misbehaving. So different physical acts with the fans count for different amounts of points. Wait, what? <laughs> Slapping is like ten points. Oh, I get to slap everyone. No, when you get slapped. Oh no, that's I don't a sign want that. of love. No. Don't you know? No, it is not. Wait, where do I get slapped? And then See? Well, you now get you're extra points it out. if you now say you're ding while well, they do it. Yeah, ding. Slap, ding, 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 ding. We never talked about the um, rules of American pool, did we? And how they're wrong. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Oh, you're going again? Why? But this time because I have to pee. So Uh you guys can talk about pool, and I'm going to go reevaluate my life choices. All right. Okay. We got trouble, my friend, right here in River City. Capital T, that rhymes with P. That stands for pool. Oh, dang it. It's a music man reference. Very good. (laughs) That was super, super good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you played played American Rules Pool in England, but completely not American Rules Pool. Yeah. You had a friend who said, 
I know how Americans play pool. This is how they do it. Yeah. You get two shots whenever you make what a mistake. Is this so crazy. Like, <laughs> that's so, insane. No, it's not. <laughs> Taking two shots in pool is a penalty. That's great. <laughs> so if you miss the ball that you're that's mm-hmm. one of yours, or it's... if you pot the white or do something wrong, mm-hmm. instead of this nonsense oh pick up the white ball and put it wherever you want yeah ball in hand no you play it from where it is but you get two shots so you can set up your shot and then you can follow through with it that's what, what happens when you pot the white as you said uh do, do you do you just okay. put it anywhere no no no. so then it goes back to the d at the opposite end of the table and you have to play in that and you can't play backwards you have to play down the table mm-hmm. yeah yeah do you still get two shots yeah you still get two shots <laughs> So crazy. I think crazy? I think your friend may have like been incorporating basketball rules into pool, no. like free throws. Like no. you get two free throws when you get fouled in basketball. No, he wasn't. He's not. I don't think he's into Kevin. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> are, are you also into basketball? You should just play by our rules. <laughs> this is the beauty of games. You can make up your own rules. Uh, you just have to agree on them. Yeah, but then you're not actually playing the game, are you? You're playing some. And that is the argument version. for actually looking at the you know internet American rules. eight yeah, but ball what rules. What if the internet is lying to you and they're not playing by your? <laughs> it rules? was the official pool. I mean, it was the official eight ball association yeah, or whatever. I don't, I don't think they're right. I mean, it may have been cocaine related. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's something completely different. But I think I have two things that have led to me spewing water in this room. Both with me. Both with present. you. I've done it twice recently. And the two things are, number one, I've forgotten how to drink. Yes. That'll do it. And I'm I'm just letting the water slosh to the back of my throat without <laughs> letting it, like, you know, progress. It's just choking you. Aging is weird, guys. I'm telling you. Like, forgetting to drink, never thought that would... <laughs> forgetting how to drink, never thought that would happen. Yeah. The second thing is, I convince myself that I'm fine. Even when I feel like those initial, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, that may be in your respiratory system feelings. I'm like, power no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to power through this. And so if it's so bad that I can't power through it, it is the most forceful <laughs> spit take explosion Ever because so much of it is already in there. I'm letting so much go down the wrong tube because I'm like, I got this. I can breathe water. I I got gills overnight. Well, both times I think you've been reviewing a CinemaSins video. And I'm like, wow, goddamn, that must have been funny. Yeah. Show me, show me. It's quite, quite a spit take for sure. Yeah, I just wish you would stop aiming it at me. You can Yeah, no right. way I'm aiming it at you. There's so much electronic equipment between us. There's no way I'm aiming that at you. Um, Remember that time I passed you some liquid over the board? Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was, that was really fun. Uh, yeah, fun is what yeah. that was. Sleeping in the garden. Fun with a capital great. F-U uh, is what that yes, was. Yes, it was. Uh, Ian's sleeping in the garden tonight. <laughs> the garden. Yeah. Yeah, we've got one of those, sure. Wait, you you do? Do we? What's your definition of a garden? The thing out the back of the house. That's a garden where, where the grass is grown up yes. under the... <laughs> you have land that is not at the front of your house, yes? Yeah, that's our backyard. A garden is a garden. You ca- Wait, you call the backyard a garden? Yes, that's like the, one of the most famous English things, yeah. Interesting. So you have a front garden and a back garden. But interestingly, gardens don't have to have plants or any greenery that's wild I'm just realizing how strange that is yeah here gardens yeah. have you have to be like purposely growing flowers or no, fruits and vegetables no, no, no. everything is a garden yeah. yeah so if you see like house listings it will say like front and rear garden wow 
That's amazing. Maybe it's just the assumption that we will, but so, we don't. So you literally meant sleep in the yard, is what you I meant, meant like American, American yeah. slang. Yeah. yeah, we just don't say yard. Yeah. Wow, interesting. That was. That, I wondered why that was so strange to you. I was no, like, I was like, we don't, we don't have a garden. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things, Ian. Yes. Is anytime uh, my wife says your name, yeah, she'll say yes. She'll say Ian, and you go hello. I do, I do <laughs> every so single much. time. I hello. <laughs> Hello. All right. Uh, here we go, guys. Let's do this. That wasn't me. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not. Christian <laughs> Uh Ian bringing the chaotic energy today. I love it. I love it. When what? Danae's energy is down, Ian's energy spikes. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. What's that stack of books behind your shoulder, Danae? Oh, wow. Look at that. It's a whole stack of books. When the corn is waist high by Jeremy Scott. Did you say when the corn is waist high by Jeremy Scott? A thriller. A thriller, a th you say? A, a thrilling thriller. A book, you say? That you should pre-order now. Right now. <laughs> what was that name again? The Jeremy Scott. When, Good. When the books are waist high. Yes. Uh, yes. The Scots are waist high by Jeremy Corn. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and this week I'm joined by fellow baffle gabbers Ian Whittington. Probably should have been recording all that. It's a joke. It's a Don't. joke. I it's hate a joke. It. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that joke. I hate it. I hate it so much. And, because... and, and I know because I know that feeling. Yes. Uh, for sure. If it's not being recorded, why was I bother talking? <laughs> why did Sorry. I bother talking? The people don't know this. I literally just go completely mute unless <laughs> I'm actually doing a podcast. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, what do you and Aaron talk about? Literally nothing. Nothing. Not a, nothing at nope. all. Um, my wife is very understanding. Yeah. I'm like, babe, you want to have, have a conversation about finances? Let me turn on the mics. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park